So welcome to the Loomer Roundtable, a podcast where we pick one album, focus on it for a month, and then come together to discuss it as a group. Uh, today, I've got my co-host with me, Henry Zimmerman, all the way from Colorado, and our good friend, uh, Brady Nickel, uh, calling in from Wisconsin, I believe. That's correct. And yeah, we're just going to, I think, start off just by catching up. We haven't uh, talked in a while. I'd love to hear what y'all are listening to lately update me on your on your playlists and everything suppose i'll start um well what's currently dominating uh the uh the front end of my mind i suppose is that a new king gizzard album just came out yesterday um there were a number of releases yesterday and i think instead of anything else i listened to that just three or four times Besides that, though, I've been trying to expand my uh, my oldies and metal tenure. Been listening to a lot more Black Sabbath and uh, Fleetwood Mac these days than than before. Nice, love Fleetwood Mac. It's a classic. Hank, you got anything as of late? Um, well, speaking of new albums that dropped, uh, Dirty Projectors released something yesterday as well. Um, it's called five EPs, but it's all just one thing on Spotify. So I don't know if it's five EPs, but it's a shit ton of music if you like Dirty Projectors. And speaking of oldies, one of my coworkers and I were talking and he was telling me to check out some like later career Beach Boys because evidently they like matured in a really interesting way and their sound kind of changed, you know, post-British invasion stuff. Um, so I would specifically recommend the album Holland. Um, which is what I've been listening to. And then there's another record for them. I can't think of the name of it, um, but it's got like sort of a Don Quixote sort of motif on the cover. Ooh. Highly recommend those two records, uh, whatever that other one is. Much more advanced Beach, ba- Beach Boys sound than you would think. Okay. Interesting. That's, that's interesting, yeah. I just interviewed a band um, called Probably Oslo from Southeast London, and they're putting out a single uh next this this coming friday on like the 27th i think um that they were saying that it kind of sounded a little beach boys vibey so i'm excited to hear the the whole thing um and then don quixote reminds me of not necessarily the sound but the album cover art of uh quotidian the album by marlin's dreaming that they put out earlier this year that's like one of my new favorite albums it's really really good and i can't stop uh, listening to it so those are those are mine i guess so the album this month was a selection that i put into the the selection hat um from 2014 called hedonism coliseum by astro cowboys came out in 2014 i first heard it in 2015 um and let's see so where do I start? <laughs> um, okay, so Astro Cowboy were a three-piece a literature rock band from Wilmington, North Carolina, made up of uh, Travis Harrington, Cameron Van, and Mike Schmidt. Uh, Travis and Cameron formed it when they were 16, around 2012. It was their first ever band. Uh, they sadly no longer make music as Astro Cowboy as of 2017, when they posted on Facebook announcing, we are a dead band, we are no longer playing any shows. 
Um, but they also posted a super heartfelt long letter on their Tumblr page explaining everything saying, we've each become enveloped in our own separate obligations and interests and that that's completely natural. At this point, we've all decided that it's best to stop trying to do Astro Cowboy together. Um, this doesn't mean that we're friends any longer, we're not friends anymore, um, but it just means we won't play together again. Um, and they concluded that their, their friendship and personal enjoyment is far more important than any contrived accomplishment made through forcing a feeling or stressing themselves out. They still play together in a new band called Truth Club that formed soon after Astro Cowboy ended. And they put out an album in 2019 called Not an Exit, which is also very good. Um, the funny thing about that is they, they posted that letter in 2015. So like a year after they put out this album, basically, and they were supposed to be working on a second album. Um, and then I didn't, I mean, I discovered the album in 2015, listened to it, didn't know what was going on. And then they officially posted that Facebook, like, for sure, we're not playing any more shows in 2017. It's like two years later. Um, so for a long time, I didn't know what was what was happening. And they also put out a new um, EP in 2017. That was their last release. This wasn't their, their last release, but it was their first and only full-length album. Um, they ended that letter by saying, uh, the exchange of music or any art form is such a beautiful thing. It's so overwhelming, but so enamoring. The process of creating, making oneself so vulnerable to others and sharing such a large piece of themselves. Uh, the level of fulfillment gained from witnessing this music, something that I personally create in order to sustain and motivate myself, regardless of outside response. Um, have the same effect on others is unrivaled by anything else I have ever experienced. Uh, I could never express the impossible amount of gratitude and happiness we feel toward anyone who has taken our music and really identified with it or valued it. So just some words from um, Astro Cowboy, RIP, great, great little uh, band from, from North Carolina. And I, I just love to hear some initial thoughts on the album. What did you guys uh, think uh, going into it? If I could jump in, um, I had a very strong feeling upon reading the title Hedonism at Coliseum that I was getting into an emo album, which is very much not my domain. So I was a little afraid to uh, be coming on here to talk about it when I don't feel very qualified. It was also a little exciting, though, to um, have a really good excuse to push what I normally listen to. Um, I think it turned out well. It was, uh, this is a little bit beyond initial thoughts, but I was pretty pleased with it. Good to hear. Good to hear. Um, Hank, did you have any initial thoughts going in? No real thoughts going in. I had never heard of it before. When you were telling me this was the album, I had definitely never heard of it. And then I did this thing where like, I listened to the album, but to be, to be honest, my first listen, I totally wasn't into it. So I didn't save a song. And then I was like, ah, shit, I can't remember the name of the band. So I had to text Karina and then Karina was like, yo, what the fuck? You ain't listened. So anyways, um, after she called me out, I, <laughs> I had to very embarrassingly ask for the name of the band again. And then I listened again. And on that second listen, I found myself able to kind of settle in a little more. And it was a lot easier to like kind of get the speed of where they were going. But yeah, that was my first sort of take on it. Yeah, fair play, honestly. I completely understand that is it's not an easy album to listen to especially on the first go when you don't know what to expect um I first encountered it 
through Vine, that agent, a ancient piece of um, social media <laughs> that um, I followed this girl that I just thought was really cool and funny. And she had them, like she was friends with them and had them on her page and they like played a song. I don't remember which one, but I just thought they were great. And I found their album through Bandcamp after that. And I was a freshman in college, just started my DJ show at the a radio station. And I was looking for, you know, some bands that no one else was going to be playing. And that was like my secret weapon was on my show. I would play like some Astro Cowboy and no one would, uh, would know what it was. And yeah, but I initially just attached to Inhale and then Goodbye AEG. Those were my two like jams. And the rest of the album I kind of skimmed through, wasn't a super attached to it at the time. But um, were there any songs that you guys particularly liked after listening through a couple times? I agree with uh, Goodbye being a really strong one. I think that it was an excellent closer for the album. Mm -hmm. um, the first time I actually listened to it closely, because I had a similar situation with Hank, but I uh, was able to review our past emails instead of having to ask you to find the title again. But yeah, it, it leaves off on an a trailing sentence and i thought that was really interesting and kind of it felt like an invitation to re-listen to that and and pay closer attention to what he's saying uh later learning the aeg is actually a person's initials was kind of fun i think besides that a mid-album strong point was big blue yeah it's a good one hey did you have any i also liked big blue um <clears throat> and it looks like based on spotify's data you know, were I to run a quick analysis, it seems that Big Blue is like their banger. But my personal fave was Car City, because I'm pretty sure it's just a song about like riding a bike and not having a car in a city where it's kind of like you need a car and totally get that super relatable. Um, on the flip side, I did think one song stood out as kind of a dud. I have a feeling I know where you're going. Was it math class? It was. <laughs> I knew. I literally knew you guys were going to drag that one this, through the dirt. Um, this is hilarious. I would agree that it does stand out as a little bit more superficial than than some of the other ones. But I think, I mean, I don't. We'll get probably into more into this later. But I think um, going back and listening to this album made me love it even more because of how superficial it is. I think it's not supposed to be, you know, sophisticated. Like these were 16, 17 year old kids in the prime of like high school when they wrote this and performed it around their hometown, you know, slowly expanding out to doing more shows around the South and like creating this little cult following. Um, and that was their primary focus was like playing live shows, rock, you know, garage music, um, abrasive to the ears, but fun for a live show. And I think this album really perfectly encapsulates like that high school experience. Um, and they have a great synopsis on their on their band camp that kind of sums up what I'm talking about, um, which I can read later if, if we want to hear it. Um, but I think for me, Inhale is my favorite. Um, that one had quite the impact on me. Like the first time I listened to it, it just really stuck with me and I can listen to it on repeat um, kind of forever. It's really good. Did we have any lyrics or lines that particularly stuck out to any of you that you thought, I mean, bad or good? We can, we can definitely um, 
do some roast in here if, if you feel like there's something that needs to be roasted. No hard feelings. I just want to highlight a line. Take that for what it's worth. This is from math class. <laughs> All these thoughts derived from a lack of effort. When you factor out the reasons, you just laze about all about how you want out. <laughs> Truly masterful. Yeah. Really so uh, many math earning runs. that literature rock title. Yeah. And well, and you mentioning how young yeah. they were and, you know, probably yeah. like very of high school and they're being surrounded by all the media that says high school is the best time of your life. Then they go and write, is this all too great a task? I'll fail my class. I'll fail my class. This frantic mess, I swear it won't last. This soon will pass. It kills me. Not unless I actually do fail. <laughs> that will knock me off societal coattails. <laughs> I, like, what, what I love about um, that song and every song on this album is it is very much a feeling of, like, when you had to write, like, a poem for English class and really, like, practice all the different, like, rhyme schemes. And there's so many, like, similes and metaphors throughout the whole thing um as I said not sophisticated by any means um a lot of the songs but yeah thoroughly I thoroughly enjoy um, that part of it and I think it's really I think it's really funny it does feel like a song that was created without fear of judgment I'll say that like I know I'm here like kind of harping on it but truly they put this on and if they're happy with it and you kind of describe like the letter they wrote and stuff like that, like the pure bliss they feel and like how you can just get swept away. Even if it is kind of goofy like this, I say like, go for it. If that's the kind of stuff that came out of it, hey, rock and roll. Yeah, that's a good take. Mm -hmm. I'll also just say for anyone listening, if you're interested in another kind of goofy math related song, um, <laughs> listen to <laughs> listen to You Can't Handle This by Five Iron Frenzy. Just put that one in your playlist. Thank me later. If literal math rock is your <laughs> is, uh, is your thing, um, I will say in in their defense, um, the EP that they released in 2017, like two years after this album, is um, a lot a lot better, um, just lyrically and like I, I mean obviously you, you improve over time. So, but only in two years, I think it's a really good EP. Um, you know, outside, um, outside of this, like separate from this, it's good on its own. Um, some lyrics that stuck out, stick out to me are from Inhale, just the first stanza, I think is really good. Um, big Blue, there's um, some good lines in that one. Like I fell into way too big blues, mental guardrails failed. I like that imagery. Um, as I said, a lot of similes, metaphors, you know, imagery in here, like, they're writing a poem for, for class in high school. Um, okay, this is kind of a fun, fun question. Uh, how would you describe the music to someone who'd uh, never heard it before? Any answers for that? It's tough to describe because there aren't so many distinguishing characteristics that are like, oh yeah, it's like indie, but they have a saxophone player. <laughs> or like, it's all just kind of like straightforward contemporary indie rock um so i say generally if you like the kind of indie rock that was on the radio in the 2000s you would like this record like if you liked your phoenixes your 
Oh, who did Pumped Up Kicks? Fuck me. Torches. What a great album. Why can't Foster it? Foster the People. Foster the People. Yeah, if you're into that kind of like lane of indie music, the strokes, that kind of direction, this is safe territory. Come on over. The water's fine. Brady, you got anything? I'm with Hank on on the, the train of thought that this is sort of difficult to describe in a way that's uh, uh, really meaningful. I said like, I suppose it's uh, some cleanly put together uh, emo indie rock fair that is absolutely about high school and the feelings that come with it, but only one song really wears that on its sleeve if that's not your jam. Yeah, I think uh, the, the charm for me comes from the fact that it, yeah, it is just like this encapsulation of these kids' youth and the fact that um, they can like, they made this album and they can look back in like, I don't know, 10, 15 years <laughs> and like, and laugh at themselves and um, jam out again to the same songs. And like, if they're still friends with like the people they were friends with in high school, like I think about how great um, this album is gonna be then um, for them, because it's it's hard to remember sometimes like what it felt like to be 16, what it felt like to be in that mindset of high school where nothing else uh, mattered because you can't see like past what's right in front of you. Um, when I encountered this album, like I said, I was 18, freshman year in high school. I encountered it right as I was coming like out of that stage in life and was sort of right on the outside of that box of high school, able to finally like look in and see it for what it was. Um, and um, yeah, I think that's, I think that maybe that's why I enjoyed it um, so much because I thought it was almost like, a, a meme of high school or um just like a, a representation of it um in a sort of unabashed way or like Hank was saying like they're just not afraid of of what people um think of them and I think there's something really special in that yeah absolutely I think I think you uh described it really well uh calling it a sort of time capsule especially thinking back to the idea of calling the lyrics an attempt to write poetry for English class. It, I think it very much is a product of where the people who made it were in life. Um, just very unashamed to be that and just put it out there. Yeah. Some other artists that I would recommend to people based on this album, based off of not necessarily like direct sound, but um, feeling, passion, like Michael Sarah Palin, uh, Tallulah Gosh and Boy Scott are not for the aggressiveness of their playing, but more like the nostalgia woven into their music is kind of unrivaled. And then uh, Stars Hollow from Ames, Iowa. I just feel like if people like this album, they might dig some Stars Hollow. I don't know if you guys <laughs> remember them. I know Hank remembers them. No doubt. They're like r slash emo legends. <laughs> And then I feel like I know the answer to this, but would either of you recommend this album to a friend? I'm feeling a little judged right now. Uh, I actually already did recommend the album to a friend. I did. Oh, you did? I thought for sure you guys were going to say no. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like, I mean, we've ragged on it a little bit, and it's it's a bit straightforward, but it's it's a very competent album, and I had a, I had a fun time listening to it. I think... Uh, 
like we mentioned, the album or the album, the song Math Class is a bit of a wall to get around for the uninitiated. But besides that, I thought uh, overall it was pretty strong. I really enjoyed it. Good. No, that makes me happy to hear. What about you, Hank? Would you? Uh... <laughs> yeah. Well, first I'll go to like similar bands or stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, just to mention that I was poking around on their band camp and I always like to see which artist other artists would recommend. And so they recommended a band called Museum Mouth. So if you go to their band camp and just click Rex, it'll like take you there. Um, and th- it looks like they're still putting out music. I listened to a little bit of that this morning. It was actually pretty good. So if they are all buddies, Connecticut buddies or whatever it is, hey, rock on. Would I recommend this? Let me explain it like this. You know, sometimes on Discover Weekly or sometimes when your playlist ends and it turns into that weird radio territory, which just gives you similar stuff. You might hear a song that catches your ear and you save it, but it's never really like you're going to listen to a shit ton of that band. Mm-hmm. Like you think of that song and that song comes up and you know it and you like it, but it's not like you're really going in to explore their discography. Now that I've got a couple Astro Cowboy songs saved, I think that's what ultimately this will become in my greater yeah. saved collection on Spotify. A track that comes up and I'm like, oh yeah, that's a banger. Car City, good one. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but would I be like, hey, stop the presses and put this album on? I don't think I would. Still good though. Still good. I'm glad you guys, I got, that was way more positive than I was uh, expecting it, to be honest. Um, I would say, yeah, now having shared it with with you guys and getting your honest feedback, I, I think I would share it again, just because I think I knew um, I've been, I've been keeping it to myself for, uh, for like five years now. I haven't really told it, recommended it to anybody or told anybody about it. Like one more swap and album recommendations. It wasn't one that I like really threw out there because I knew it was kind of um, very niche and more on the juvenile side of things. But I think I would recommend it to people again, just because the, revisiting it reminded me of, um, that time of my life like when I first listened to it and why I liked it so much and it kind of made me like it was like nostalgia within nostalgia for me you know because at the time I was nostalgic for high school and now I'm nostalgic for me being nostalgic for high school and uh it's just kind of it's always gonna it's always gonna carry that for me so yeah do we have any final thoughts well, I was going to ask, Karina, you mentioned that this was a band that when you were doing your DJ show, mm. um, DJ Ginger Snaps, by the way, shout out, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, that this was one of those bands you're like, oh, this is like cool. I'm doing like cool K-U-R-E, right? No one's ever heard of this. Um, yeah. I Are there any other artists that come to mind for either of you two or Brady? Did you ever pick up any at K-U-R-E that you felt were like especially kind of cool and deep cut? Oh boy, that is a question. And I can maybe start things off if you think, but Brothers in Yarn, it was just one of these bands that sent many, many CDs out in the mail. It just happened to be on the top of the pile. You just happened to put it in. You just happened to be paying attention when you listened to the song and it actually slaps. Um, I think I remember that. Was that an MRC album? Yes. And it was like kind of yeah. this like head with like a bunch of red yarn wrapped around it. I remember that was one of the ones that everyone thought was like, they were just winging it, go ahead and listen to it, see if it sucks and you can roast it if it does. And then it ended up being actually kind of good. Totally. But what about you guys? Brady, you got anything? Yeah, um, I'm actually uh, 
dredging up 88.5 KURE's SoundCloud page because I'm realizing I've forgotten some names by this point. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's it's not really a deep cut anymore, but there's the obvious Remo drive. That was fun getting them in yeah. just before they exploded on on uh, their first album. But some of the some of the names I liked that I had in there uh, that I'm not really sure how to find anymore. They might not have a very strong online presence. There was a Idiocrats. That was a few guys from Ames who were just fresh out of Iowa State themselves. Um, just fun. Uh, also fairly straightforward indie rock, but I had a very good time recording them. Um, thinking farther, I actually had uh, Gloom Balloon on there once, um, <laughs> and it gave me a poor impression of what to expect from a Gloom Balloon show mm-hmm. um, because he sat down on a stool and played guitar for me. Uh, I was not prepared to see him play live later on. Yeah, that's day and night difference shout out to the fuss some uh ames and des moines folks um some more uh little more psychedelic poppy leaning indie rock they're pretty fun i think they have put out a few singles since i last heard from them one of which i thought was particularly strong uh one actually made it into some spotify algorithm generated playlist and they had a bit of a bump there i don't know if they've got a new album out yet though yeah, as far as some uh, harder to find stuff, that's a couple of highlights, I think. I always think of the last, the, the night that the record mill closed down and like we went to that basement show and I think Rat Boys played. Um, was it, who else was there? Was it, was Rainbow Drive there? Stars Hollow? I don't know. There was just like some like good um, Midwest bands there i definitely remember rap boys that's one that i would shout out they were they're really good still that's all i can think of off the top of my head um not a local band but just i mean i discovered my favorite band of all time at kwari just by chance listening to like the automated playlists all days came on and i was like oh my god what is this so good and now they're um huge too like toured with the national oh i actually saw him on that tour did you really nice oh yeah always was fucking perfect oh my god always is so good they are the only band that i've that i've heard live that plays exactly the same way as they hear you hear them on recording mm-hmm. um yeah we went and saw them together yeah it was, it was a good show me and brady went to minneapolis to see them oh on the antisocialites tour it was like the best night of my life i i love them so much molly rankin is ugh, my hero she it was, made standing out in the cold worth it yeah it did it was so cool her guitar lead stopped working like i don't know halfway through one of the songs and they just took like five minutes and she was so like fine about it like they you could tell she was like internally kind of freaking out but she handled it super well and just kind of talked to the crowd light banter you know and like they got through it um, and went on perfectly. And uh, that was the only thing, that was the only hiccup. Everything else was just like, exactly like you hear it um, on recording, which is rare. That reminds me of uh, one time when I saw Cage the Elephant live. Um, 
they started having some pretty significant feedback issues. So they had to put the show on hold for a couple minutes while uh, stuff got sorted out. Um, Singer's mic was still uh, operational. And so he just comes up to me and he's like, so it looks like we're having some uh, some technical issues. Just need a, a couple minutes. When you have situations like this, that's when you... Uh, and then he just started dancing on the stage. <laughs> and that was it. Like, he just occupied the time that way. That's awesome. I remember... Um... Hank, you were there for this 8035 car seat headrest. Um, the like feedback um, speakers weren't working, so they couldn't hear themselves playing. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's right. Actually, yeah, they had no monitor. Yeah, they, that's it. Yeah, they had no monitor and they had to play without it because they couldn't get it fixed. They like tried getting it fixed for like five minutes and they were like, screw it, we're just going to play without it. Mm-hmm. And they played like so well not being able to hear themselves. It was great. Totally. That's really impressive. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot all about that. I just remember that they were what I think their drummer was talking about corn when they were doing um <laughs> the setup and like real corn, not corn with a K. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Where'd you say this was? 8035. Okay. Yeah, those Iowa folks, you know, gotta kill some time. Let's talk about corn. Iowa's biggest export is actually soybeans. So <laughs> yes. The people know yeah but non-ag folks they'll never know it's all just corn to them <laughs> well that's that's all the questions i just want to say thank you for taking the time to listen to it i i know it's not for everybody um but i'm i'm glad you gave it a chance maybe got a little something out of it and i hope other people will um if you're curious go listen to hedonism coliseum by astro cowboy check out um their newer release from 2017 that I think is called We Have Astro Cowboy and You're Never Going to See Them Again. That was the last thing they put out, which I think is fucking hilarious. Um, and it's actually really good. It's like only four songs. So anyway, that's my that's my plug for this weird niche band that no longer exists from North Carolina. With that, that's been the Luma Roundtable. Thanks for uh, tuning in, everybody. Thank you.